it's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful day. doing out there hope you're all having a fantastic week and stuff welcome to the jam room podcast as always um we're having fun it's been a good week uh i do have to start off this episode with a bit of housekeeping bullshit my fucking website went down and therefore the podcast went down guys um and i've no fucking clue why so I do apologize for any dramas that you've had over the last week uh, accessing this feed. Uh, just refresh your shit. It should all come back to life. It did on most things. Um, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, everything works a little bit differently. So I have no idea what the fuck happened. No idea. But the whole fucking website went down. This was not some copyright strike or iTunes taking some shit down or Spotify being cunts. It, um was just confusing. I have no idea what happened. I fucking uh, uploaded the last episode of the podcast. Uh, and normally once I upload it, I at least check that it's made its way to Spotify and iTunes and all that sort of shit and just wasn't coming up. And I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Meanwhile, I'm looking at my, um, what you call it, just the general stats analytics or whatever. And I'm just seeing fucking numbers just plummet down to zero. And I don't know what the fuck's going on, so I went into my website management sort of shit. Something had gone wrong or changed or some shit. Now, I don't want to get too fucking techie with this um, because I don't actually really know the full techie side of it or whatever. But basically, you buy a domain name, right? And then you build a website. And they're not normally, they're not usually the same thing. They can be, but they're not. And in my case, they weren't. So I have my domain name that I bought through some fucking company, some bullshit fucking ages ago. Um, and I have my website hosting sort of thing. And all you got to do is, uh, you know, type in a bunch of bullshit uh, for your fucking domain name thing to direct it to the website. That's it. This is like a set and forget fucking thing, right? You just type in all these numbers, website comes live, all active. You just don't touch it. You just keep paying your fucking bills, right? That's all it was. And this website has been up for fucking five years or some shit. So five years ago, I would have set all these parameters, didn't touch them, website works like clockwork for the last five years, up until last week. And I don't know what the fuck went wrong. And I still don't know if everything's really fucking sorted out properly, but as far as I can tell, the website's up and working, the podcast is back, but they're still saying there's some errors lurking in the background, so fuck Got to get one of my little tech friends over here to try and help me out or something. I don't fucking know. So I do apologize if anything uh, fucked up on your end. It should be all back, guys. If you're listening to me explain this, then it means it's all back to normal. So what the fuck do you care about my behind-the-scenes dramas? Uh, but either way, that was just fucking surprising. I don't know if I was hacked. I don't think I was hacked. It seems like a very strange thing to do if you hack someone, right? And I'm one of these assholes. I probably shouldn't be saying this on a podcast, but I do use the same password for absolutely everything. So if someone just hacked my uh, fucking whatever domain 
host's account just to fuck with me. Uh, they could have also just stolen all my money and my identity, but for some reason, fucking with this podcast is more important. So I don't really know. I don't really think it was actual fucking um, sabotage, uh, but we'll see. Anyway, it's been a fine fucking week. The weather's been good for a winter. The sun's been out. Yeah, it's been fucking freezing at night, but um, whatever. Uh, the sun's been out during the day, and um, I finally got out sailing over the weekend, guys. Finally. Since I broke my arm. So I broke my arm, but it's got to be two months, nearly pulling three months ago that I broke my arm. And that was one of the things I was pissed off about, is that I can't get up there and really help on the, the sailboat and all this sort of shit. And um, as you guys know, father-in-law has got a sailboat, and I enjoy sailing on it with him. It's just a fun fucking time. There's something really fucking cool about... Uh, just using the wind and, uh, you know, a couple of sheets of fabric um, to propel uh, tons and tons of uh, weight around the world, basically. You know, this boat, my father-in-law's boat's fucking like 15 tons worth. And, you know, it's sailed here from New York and shit. It's been around the world. This is a fucking a boat that's set up for what they call blue water sailing, right? You know, it, it creates its own water and it fucking does all, it, whatever, whatever. Um, seems like... Uh, the father-in-law's kind of got bored with just using it for um, the occasional family outing to Rotnest or whatever. So uh, he's got it audited and set up for racing now, right? Uh, which is the stupidest boat in the world to be uh, racing with. Because he's one of these guys that like, has it set up for comfort. Like, you know, these guys that get into fucking yacht racing, they just strip these fucking boats, make them as light as possible, minimum crew... Like, you know, you talk to some people about fucking yacht racing, like, they don't, they're not even allowed to bring their phones on board because of the extra weight, you know? Absolute wank bullshit, right? Um, but our boat, like, you know, it has a 600-litre water tank that just keeps, you know, it's always full. Fucking, you know, 200 litres of gasoline or whatever, the, diesel, whatever the bullshit they put in it. So either way, it's not a racing boat, but uh, the father-in-law has decided to take it racing and he doesn't really have the crew to help him so i'm on board i'm on board and i'm doing it and we went for our first race on sunday and it was a shit show i mean all these racings like all this like yacht racing sort of bullshit like um it's the same as any sort of uh sport for the old fucks you know like it seems like like if a sport's designed for old people to compete in or whatever handicaps are involved right I mean, there's no fucking handicap in tennis. There's no handicap in, uh, you know, fucking the NBA. Uh, but there's definitely a handicap in golf. There is in bowling. And there is in sailing, right? Um, so anyway, it should make it all even, right? All the boats leave at separate times, but they should all kind of come back at around the same time. So someone plots a fucking course for these boats to take, and everybody kind of leaves at a little bit of a different time. You know, you know, staggered in minutes, depending on your handicap, right? And your class of boat and all that sort of bullshit. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I was crewing this boat. Uh, the biggest boat in the fleet that was racing. And uh, we, there was only myself, father-in-law, and uh, one other old dude, very experienced sailor, on board. That was it. So there's the three of us. Man in this uh, fucking boat going for our first race. Uh, it was awesome just to see how the hell these guys put this shit together and what the fuck they do. So they've got this elaborate course. 
you go out around a certain marker out there in the middle of the ocean, off to another marker, around and back, a couple of laps and all that sort of bullshit. Um, and then you make it back and hopefully everyone makes it back at a similar time and we all go to the pub and drink. And I'm by far the youngest person there. As far as I can tell, all this sailing race bullshit is just an excuse for old people to get out of the house and shake their fists at each other. Because that's all it was, was just fucking one boat yelling at another, fucking just ribbon and just doing old man shit, which I enjoyed. Um, but Sunday was a beautiful day in Perth. Fucking beautiful. No wind at all, which is not good for a fucking yacht race. Uh, but we still tried. And it sucked. <laughs> it sucked. We were literally bobbing up and down. If you're in a sailboat that fucking big... There's a certain amount of speed you need just to be able to turn, right? You have to have water running over the rudder for it to work. So if you're bobbing up and down doing fucking nothing because there's no wind, you can't even steer. You're just getting fucking knocked around by waves. And, and, and that's what we did. For two and a half hours, we got through maybe a third of the course. And then finally, the fucking race control just called it off and said, we're all just fucking abandoning the race. And people were dropping out fucking early anyway. There were so many fucking boats just radioing, going like, yep, we're out, we're out. There's no fucking point doing that. But these guys are fucking dedicated to what they do. So until the race is properly officially abandoned, they're just going to keep trying. And it was pretty fucking funny. It was funny. We were at one point, so, you know, this is towards the end where they're about to abandon the fucking race, Right. We're bobbing around trying to get around a marker. No fucking wind, right? Maybe 20, 30 meters out from this marker, there's an underwater sort of pile of sand, a big bulge, right? Which creates like a, a random crest of a wave on top of it, right? So you can't see anything underwater, obviously. But on top of it, all of a sudden, there's what looks like a rogue wave that's just constantly forming on top of this. So while we're bobbing around... We get to witness two smaller boats trapped in that wave. And they obviously can't steer either. There's no wind. They can't move at all. And these waves are just crashing into these motherfuckers, just filling up their boat with water and shit. It was fucking hilarious. That was probably the highlight. And then we just all went back and, um, and drank and chatted and pretended like it was a real race. It's fucking weird. These yacht clubs, I don't know. Just... Uh it's not quite a golf club because I understand golf, the, the sailing thing. There's just so much fucking more involved or whatever. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was a fun fucking Sunday and, and you know, a bit of an eye opener. I do like the idea of it. I think I'll go out again. I think I'll crew this boat. But like I said, I'm by far the youngest person doing it. So I don't know. Hopefully we need more crew and I can get some friends involved or some shit because just fucking hanging out there with these old people. While they're yelling at each other about fucking ropes and bullshit. I don't care too much about that. Really? Don't really care too much about it. But fucking whatever. Hope you had a fantastic weekend, guys. Uh, we've got some music news and some music to talk about. This is a music podcast and we will get there. Um, right now, we'll get there. What's some music news? I checked this out. This was uh, yesterday I heard about this. Um, fucking Megan The Stallion. The Stallion. I don't know if that's grammatically correct. Whatever. Uh, Megan The Stallion and Big Sean uh, are getting sued 
um, for copyright infringement. And you know I love these little copyright infringement suits because it's always fun to be able to listen to back-to-back, like, well, side-by-side these two songs and be able to, you know, make up our own mind. That's the best thing about copyright infringement. It should be up to the fucking court of public opinion to say that that's a rip-off or not, right? And we've talked about it a little bit or whatever. So here's how the story goes. Um, apparently in 2012, there was like a hip-hop duo. Uh, I don't know what name they went under by, with the duo, but it's two guys. One's name's um, Dwan Payne and Harrell James. And both of these names have that little fucking in quotes sort of what everyone knows him as name in the middle. So it's supposed to be Duan Gohard Major, surname Payne. I guess that's a pun on Major Payne, that fucking tremendous movie with, what was his name? <coughs> What's that fucking dude's name in Major Payne? God, that's going to annoy me. Fuck. Fuck. Whatever. You know the guy. Remember that movie, Major Payne? I don't know. I grew up in the 90s, so I remember it. It was funny. I liked it. Um, and a guy named Harrell uh, Hmatic James. Hmatic makes makes more sense uh, because, uh, you know, his first name fucking starts with H. Good for him. But yeah, so Go Hard Major and Hmatic released a song in 2012 called Go Crazy. Likewise, the Megan Thee Stallion Big Sean song, Go Crazy. Um all right, so same name, everything like that, or whatever. So apparently, these guys are upset and have um, done a cease and desist, desist fucking uh, notice to Megan and Sean, Big Sean, uh, and we'll see how it fucking goes. But in the meantime, let's try and check out what the fucking actual point of this copyright claim is. So it's apparently strikingly similar. Let's go through one of these articles here. They've been sued for copyright infringement over their song, Go Crazy. Um, so these guys uh, have a song called Crazy, but actually went under the name Go Crazy and only re- uh, appeared on a thing called Reverb Nation. Now, Reverb Nation was like a music streaming site that never took off and no one gave a shit about and thought it was a scam. Um, so whatever. And what's fucked about this whole case right here is that I have tried all day, fellas, ladies, children, hopefully not children, but whoever's listening to this podcast, I've been trying all fucking day to find the fucking original, the apparent original from this, uh, fucking major pain guy and, um, and Harrell James Maddock or whatever the fuck his name is, right? Been trying to find that one so I could actually hear the comparison, right? I did listen to Megan the Stallion go crazy and I want those couple minutes of my life back. So, I mean, I all I appreciate a fucking lawsuit uh, if someone's copyrighted a song or like fucking infringed on your copyright of a song um, if it's a good song, but whatever with this one, at least it's making money. Okay, so here it goes. The lawsuit claims, and like I said, we cannot find the original online. It does not exist. These two dudes that are in this lawsuit have taken it down for some reason, so no one can fucking actually, you know, make up our own mind about it. Uh, but anyway, in the lawsuit, it claims that the title, the chorus, the wording, the timing, melodic sequence, harmonic sequence, tonal sequence, use of reverb, and the use of cadence in the Megan and Big Sean song are nearly identical. All right, that's why we need to hear this fucking song. Nearly identical, and you've listed every single ingredient that goes into a song. 
So every single ingredient is nearly identical, apparently. And it goes on to say, so strikingly similar to the copyrighted work as to preclude the possibility of independent creation. And it goes on and says that Big Sean frequented, uh, frequented the, the Detroit clubs and bars where this song was performed by Major Payne and um, Harrell Maddock James H. Or whatever his name is. Okay? So... Let's break this down. We've talked about it before. Fucking, you cannot copyright the title of a song. You can't do that, right? That's just too too weird. Choruses, a chorus. You're really talking there about a hook melody because a chorus is nothing but a hook melody. Um, wording, so that's lyrics. Timing. Now, timing is a weird one. Are you talking about just sheer time signature? Are you talking about syncopation? Don't know. Melodic sequence. That's got to be the same as the melody, like the chorus or whatever, right? The hook. Because what is a chorus if not a melodic sequence with a harmonic sequence? So melodic sequence is single note stuff, right? Um, a harmonic sequence is chord structure, right? So this guy's, these two dudes, um, Major Pain. I've got to find out fucking who was the original Major Pain. What's his name? Dwayne. Dwayne oh, God, it's fucking right on the tip of my tongue. No, fuck it. I'm going to find out right now. I'm going to find out right now. Who was the original Major Pain? Let's fucking do it. Um, who was that dude? Because I could see him in my fucking... Uh, mind's eye. Mind's eye. All right. Major Pain. When did that movie come out as well? 1995. All right. 1995. Um, tell me who's in it. What the fuck? I know I can picture his fucking face. Oh, Damon Wayne's shit. Oh, I should have got that one way easier. I'm sorry, guys. So fucking Damon Wayne's and um, Harrell H. Maddock are sort of trying to claim that every single aspect of this fucking song is an absolute ripoff, right? Um, from the melodic sequence to the harmonic sequence, which is the chord structure, tonal sequence. This one confuses me. What the fuck do you mean by tonal sequence? So tonal things are just sort of the way it sounds. You know what I mean? Yeah, like if you're a guitarist, palm mute, not palm mute. That's a tonal thing. That's a dynamic thing, right? Um, I don't know what it means, but then use of reverb. How the fuck can you copyright use of reverb? Jeez Louise. And cadence? Um, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. They're, they're fucking going after everything with this song. And, you know, I listened to the, um, the Megan the Stallion. I didn't really pick up on, you know, anything unique about the use of reverb. Nothing at all. Nothing unique about fucking harmonic sequence at all. It's like, how the fuck do you want to copyright a harmonic sequence when, like, it's, like, a, a three-note fucking song? Like, what the fuck are they trying to do? No idea. And, uh, you know, good for them or whatever. But apparently, this isn't the only fucking lawsuit that Megan, Megan the Stallion, fuck, um, is involved with. And, and thank fucking God. Like, let's face it. Who the hell's fucking surprised that Megan the Stallion is a fucking scam? Of course it's a fucking scam. 
It's some piece of fucking pop bullshit that got thrown down your throat fucking two or three years ago and just is on the pop charts ever since and we got to like treat her like she's fucking Elton John. It's like, of course she's a fucking scam. She's a flash in a fucking pan. Um, and meanwhile, uh, she's getting sued by her own label, apparently, uh, over whether or not one of her albums called Something for The Hotties there's an extra E there that doesn't need to be there. Could just be something for the hotties, but the hotties. Something for thee means something for you. So something for you hotties. If that's true, there should maybe be a comma there or something like that. Whatever. Apparently she's old English. Whatever. She doesn't look like it, but uh, she is. Um, so she's in a legal battle over that um, because it, it, they don't really know whether or not it counts as an album under the terms of her contract. Now, I complain about albums a lot because I don't really think a fucking 14-minute long album is an album. It's an EP. It's not an album, right? Um, but I did check out this something for the hotties, and it's uh, it's 45 minutes. It's like 20-something songs on there. You know, as far as I can tell, it's a fucking, it's an album. Maybe not a good one. Maybe just fucking garbage. Maybe that's what they're complaining about. It's just like, yeah, you gave us a lot of minutes worth of content, but uh, most of it's just fucking shit. So uh, you haven't fulfilled your contract or something like that. I don't know. But I really wanted to do the back-to-back -back comparison here on this uh, podcast, even though that's the shit that normally gets me in trouble with copyright stuff. Fuck it. Do not care. Let's talk about copyright claims by infringing other people's copyright. That's what we do here on the Jam Room Podcast. But if you've got a way to check out the original fucking um, uh, Damon Wayne's and uh, H-Matic version of uh, go crazy, please send it to me. I'd like to check it out. I do like doing these back-to-back -back sort of things, even overlaid. I mean, they didn't say anything about tempo. They didn't say, well, did they say anything about, uh, well, they, they kind of mentioned rhythmic shit, right? They said timing, just as a broad term, timing. What, does the song come in at the exact same, you know, minute length? Are they both two minutes 30 or something like that? Because that's timing, but they could be completely different fucking... One could be in 7-8, one could be in 6-4. Who the... F you know, I don't know. Timing's very, very fucking loosey-goosey when you use it like that. But, whatever. Yeah, so please send it to me. That would be cool. But just let you guys know that Megan the Stallion um, stinks. I did fucking check out as much as I could fucking handle, which was about oh, seven minutes worth of music before I had to turn it off. So hopefully this fucking... Um, yeah... This other guy and his partner or whatever uh, do a better job of the song that uh, was stolen from them, apparently. We'll find out more in the future. Hopefully this uh, old song resurfaces or whatever. But let's get into fucking music reviews for the week, hey, guys? Uh, we'll do a bit. We'll do a bit. Actually, we won't do that many. Uh, there's one album I did check out. Um, it's called uh, Entering Heaven Alive by Jack White. It's his second album of the year, guys. Let me have a drink. Ah, so, Jack White's last album, fucking loved it. Thought it was sick. You know, all of his um spicy guitar tones and weird fuzz and shit like that and just epic riffs and his particular um, conviction behind his vocals, you know. I really enjoyed it. What was the name of that album? Uh, should we find it? No, fuck it. Whatever. There's an old episode of the podcast about it. Um, check that one out if you haven't checked out that old album yet. But the new album, 
entering heaven alive, completely different, guys. I was expecting just like a second half to that, or that first album from this year or something at least in the same vein. But he didn't do that at all. At all. This album could have been released in the 1950s. Uh, there's something weird about it. It feels old. Um, there's something haunting about his vocals, especially when you like kind of suck a bit of the tone out of them. And um, well, what are they really doing? They're sucking the tone out of it and they're kind of putting it like back in the mix a bit. So it does feel haunting and weird and cool. I enjoyed this album because it doesn't sound like anything that's released these days. It's fucking refreshing. I liked it. And it's... Um, it's an absolute testament to the, um, the musicality of Jack White. He's more than fucking the White Stripes, right? I mean, let's face it. Everyone that's a musician fucking hates Seven Nation Army. But we all wish we fucking wrote it. And that guitar solo is actually pretty genius for what anti-solo kind of thing it is. Like, that whole song is just fucking one of these annoying things that we all could have written. But we couldn't have written it. Of course we couldn't have. Everyone likes to say they could because it's so simple, but fuck off. Like, that sort of shit is just genius. And that's the genius of Jack White, is that he can do something that just seems so obvious, but no one's ever done it before, and no one's ever done it like him. And so he just gets up there, and he's just fucking claiming all these obvious things. And I'm not saying that this new album is just full of obvious bullshit, because it ain't. Um, it's spicy every now and then. It's you know gives you some surprise, but um, not that too, not too much. Uh, it just sits in a nice pocket, but a completely different pocket to his last one, and that's really cool. That was entertaining. I enjoyed that, and I hope you guys too uh, do as well. Check it out. It's called Entering Heaven Alive. Hmm. Why the? Hmm. Are you allowed to do that? I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I don't know if you're allowed to enter heaven alive. I think it's a prerequisite that you have to be dead. But whatever. I don't make the rules. That's up to someone else. Anyway, let's move on because I did want to check out some of these, uh, well, one of these songs with you guys because I haven't listened to it yet. But it's been on my list all week. I saw over the weekend before I went sailing. Well, I say sailing, fucking bobbing up and down for three hours in the water. Um, uh, I noticed that Megadeth have a couple of fucking new songs out. Now, I do not like Megadeth. Straight up, just going to say it, guys. Don't like them. Don't, never really dug their music at all. Was a huge Metallica fan. And you know when you're growing up as a kid and like fucking Metallica have obviously existed way before I existed. Um, that's actually weird to say. They existed as a band before I existed as a human. How's that? Anyway, um, people would say things like, oh, if you like Metallica, surely you'd like Megadeth as well. Pfft, couldn't be further from the truth. For whatever charm Metallica has that, you know, drew me to them, Megadeth have none of that charm. Dave Mustaine, to me, just seems like a bitter asshole. Um, sorry. I mean, I guess in his older age, he's become a bit of a nice guy or whatever. But, you know, anyway, never really cared about his music. But they've released two new songs. Megadeth have released two new songs. And... Um, the first one, the one that I've, I've checked out prior to this uh, podcast um, is called We'll Be Back. We'll Be Back. And as soon as it started, I thought, I hope not. Uh, because all it was was him playing a note really fast. That was kind of the song. 
some riffage, some guitaries sort of stuff or whatever. Um, but the other song they released is called Night Stalkers. And um, it's featuring Ice-T. I don't know if you guys know Ice-T. Uh <sighs> He, he was a rapper a long time ago, but he's probably more famous for his work on Law & Order SVU. Um, so whatever. Call him a traitor if you will, but it was definitely, um, he was cool on that show. I like Law & Order. Fucking, the best Law & Order was Law & Order um, Criminal Intent with Vincent D'Onofrio, who I think is one of the greatest actors of all time. Fucking Vincent D'Onofrio is so fucking underrated. That was a good show. That was the best Law and Order they ever had. But but for some reason, all the repeats they put on TV is always fucking SVU. It's all nothing but fucking rape victims and horrible incest and bullshit. Fuck. Anyway, that's Ice T. Go check that one out. Um, or go check out fucking Ice T and his um, uh, what do you call it? Thespian roles, whatever. Anyway, he was a rapper and he still is apparently, and he's on this Megadeth song. Speaking about fucking being a traitor. Fucking Ice-T and Megadeth never thought we'd see the day. Let's listen to this one together, guys. I haven't checked it out yet, and I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, oh, oh, actually, I just brought it up on Spotify. This has to be um, parts of a new album because we have new album art. And if I look at the album art, it says the sick, the dying, and the dead. I should have said that with more conviction. There is a exclamation point there. The sick, the dying, and the dead. Um... Cool. Sick Dying Dead is a good progression of Megadeth's career. Let's go ahead and check out this song with Ice-T. Let me try and pipe this in here. I'm just pressing play on my phone and try and pipe it in here. What have we got? Can you guys hear that? I can hear it in my cans. Ooh. Uh, sounds like someone's uh, got a bit of a crackly audio lead. Oh, there's that fast, there's that fast note. Alright, I can't hear this very good. This isn't coming in very well. That's better, that's better. Sorry, my fucking lead was fucked up. All right, what do we got now? Oh, third harmonies. Oh, he, can, he can play guitar, I'll give him that. All right, some very predictable riffage. <laughs> God, it sucks. Oh, these vocals are just garbage. Fuck the hell. Night Stalkers. Do you remember that episode of Beavis and Butthead? Nightcrawlers? Dun, dun, dun. He might as well just not sing. It, it, it's the, the, I don't know. It's making no impact at all. Oh, 
Bodies piling up and shit. What the fuck? Oh, it's gotta be another lead break. Here we go. Where's Ice T? How the fuck is he gonna rap over this? Unless that was him singing. Imagine if this was Ice T. Stalkers. <laughs> oh, here we go. Yo, yo. That's got to be a black dude. He said, yo. Great. That's the coolest part of the song so far. Are they singing together? Is that harmonized? Do we have a nice little fucking harmony duet between IST and Dave Mustaine? Fucking Dave Mustard Crutchstaine or whatever? Nah. Alright, this is gonna be a longer solo because the other one was just a lead break, eh? Very good play. Oh, that was liquid. Alright, we're back to this garbage. Okay. Is that it? Is that all we got from Ice Tea? Alrighty. <laughs> wait, wait, what's going on? <laughs> what was that fucking that? Is this the same song? Oh shit. Making changes here. Oh, for God's sake. Hey, guitar tone, I fucking hate it. This better, this better pay off. Ooh, well, that sounds nice. That's a great bass tone. Um. Make it after being around for 30 years and that's the fucking riff that you come up with. Are you guys enjoying this? Um, I don't know what the fuck was with that nice clean bridge. That was their chance to do some actual like um, memorable melodies vocally. It's missed the opportunity because he doesn't do it. 
Can you remember one hook melody from Megadeth? Even if you're a Megadeth fan, I don't think it's possible. Another solo. This is solo number 26. Oh, he's got a... Oh, he didn't finish it with a massive bend. I thought he would have. Oh, wait, was that it over? All right, we're done. Oh, oh, oh. What a journey that was, eh? There's a whole bunch of light and shade going on in there. Um, mostly shade. Not a lot of light, but there was, yeah, there was something in there. What was that song called? Obviously Night Stalkers. Stalkers. Or whatever. I don't have the delay on my voice, so I did it analog. I did analog delay on my own voice. voice. Yeah, beautiful. If I had all my tricks here, I could have done that. But anyway, night stalkers, night crawlers. Let's call it fucking night crawlers, right? Uh, we talked about Beavis and Butthead last week. Fucking hilarious. Uh, okay, Megadeth. Um, I don't know what to say about that, guys. Uh, Jesus Christ. I don't know. I don't want to. It's not really my style to trash on things. What the fuck am I talking about? Of course it is. Uh, but anyway, okay. We're looking forward to the new album then. Hey, guys, the one that's, you know, what's it called again? What did we say the new album's going to be called? Something about uh, Megadeth's career? Whatever. Here's hoping. Here's hoping. You know, just fucking, I don't know, do something different. Do something different, you know? If it didn't work 30 years ago, it's not going to work now, even though you've got fucking um, Law & Order SVU royalty doing a verse for you, you know? All right. <laughs> ah, let's fucking move on, guys, because I'm going to bring up Megadeth again because yeah, I know how we've been trying to do these little nostalgia loop things. I said a little while ago, at the end of every fucking month, we would do a, like an episode, yeah, and we'll kind of look at what albums were released in that month 30 years prior and kind of see if there's any connections to now and be like, oh, uh, that's interesting for nostalgia, sort of doing these... um little throwbacks and we didn't do one last month uh because i thought the fucking um stranger things master of puppets thing kind of counted as that right master of puppets back on 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 top uh a little longer than 30 years though it's a fucking that was from 86 so 35 years 36 years whatever something like that um uh but i did check out what albums were released in july of 1992 and it wasn't as prolific as i thought it would be there's a couple that I realized uh, were kind of cool albums, a couple not whatsoever. But um, anyway, what I did notice is that Megadeth did release an album in 1992. So there's your nostalgia loop, guys. 30 years fucking later, to the month, uh, Megadeth bring out um, another pile of crap. Uh, back in 1992, they bought out an album called Countdown to Extinction, uh, which I don't really remember anything from any big singles or anything uh, whatever um, Megadeth had like one song that made a difference in the metal world I don't even think it made a difference fuck I've got to stop shitting on this band but Countdown to uh, Extinction Hot and Fresh Out the Kitchen no that's Countdown to Ignition different song different genre sorry guys uh, so that one came out in fucking July 1992. Frank Zappa bought out an album called uh, You Can't Do That On Stage Anymore. Um, I don't know much about Frank Zappa and what he was doing in 1992, but he's got an album called You Can't Do That On Stage Anymore. And think about it, it's in the 90s. 
What, you know. Well, he's not allowed to. What did we start? Probably starting in the 90s. He weren't allowed to say the N word anymore. That's probably what he's referring to. Frank Zappa was desperate to say the N word on stage. And he wrote a whole album about how he fucking isn't allowed to do it anymore in 1992. I think. <laughs> Sonic Youth bought out an album called Dirty. I've heard of them. I've heard of that album, actually. I need to look into that again. Um, and the very first Bare Naked Ladies album came out called Gordon. Isn't that weird that you've got a band called Bare Naked Ladies and your first album is a man's name? That's kind of strange. But it's not the album that has that one week song that blew them up or whatever and basically invented uh, white guy rap. Um, yeah, Bare Naked Ladies needs some credit for that shit. You know, fucking it's been one week. I knew some people in primary school that learned all the words to that song and would show off with it. And it's fucking annoying and obnoxious. Um, but also, there is one album that came out in, <laughs> in July of 1992 that I actually own. And I actually used to listen to heaps as a fucking kid, embarrassingly so. And it's a Dream Theater album. As much as I've just trashed on fucking Megadeth, I don't do it every episode. I seem to find a reason to fucking trash on uh, Dream Theater every episode. Um, but they brought out an album called Images and Words in July of 1992. And, you know, when I was growing up as a guitar player, sort of little piece of shit kid, I fucking love this album. Because of all its musicality. Dream Theater are heads and shoulders above a lot of other bands in the 90s as far as musicality goes. Not coolness, not songwriting ability, not anything else. Just sheer instrumental prowess, right? Something like that. And um, so I thought I would leave you guys with a song from that album, from Images and Words. Now, there's some big songs in that album. Pull Me Under is the, the, the title track. Well, not the title track, but the fucking the opening track of the album. And uh, that's big. That got a lot of people into Dream Theater and into metal. That actually made the charts, I believe, back in the day. I'm not going to look up that fact. Just call me a liar and get it over and done with. Um, but there was some, there's some cool shit. And uh, I'm going to show you a song. It's called Under a Glass Moon. Now, a couple of things about this song. Fucking, it was one of the first um, sort of double kick things that I learned on drums when I started playing drums, when I first got my fucking double kick pedal. Um, this cool, like, you'll hear it in the fucking song. It's a cool little catchy little fucking double kicky thing, fine, whatever. But also, um, it's one of the, as far as I can tell, and I don't know it all, I barely know anything, but John Petrucci, the guitarist from Dream Theater, uh, very fast, shredder, all that sort of stuff. Struggles to make an impact with his guitar solos sometimes um, because of just the sheer notes per second that he's playing, right? You play so many notes per second, you, they all kind of diffuse importance, really. Something like that, right? But anyway, the solo from this song um, is actually pretty good. It's got some weird parts to it and some weird techniques going on in there. It's got classic shredding and all that sort of stuff. But if you don't know Dream Theater, this is the education for you. This is an album that they came out with fucking 30 years ago. And they're shredding. There's some cool chunky riffs in there. There's some um, really cheesy fucking singing. Because um, back in those days, it was a competition of who could sing the highest pitch. It was kind of Dream Theater versus Iron Maiden or something like that. I don't know. They were probably on tour together, just fucking, just, uh, you know, with a, like, you know, one of those guitar tuners that can, like, hear, hear your pitch. 
and they're they're just competing backstage just to see who could hit the fucking the highest note possible. And uh, I don't know who won. I don't know who won. But either way, James Abreu from Dream Theater hit some big fucking notes, and they're cheesy. They're big and they're cheesy. Uh, Images and Words is the album. Um, Under a Glass Moon is the song you're about to hear, guys. Fucking uh, have a great week. That's the Jam Room Podcast. You know how to hit me up. All my contact details are written in the fucking description of this podcast, and they should be working. Everything went down for a while, but we're back, baby. If you're listening to this, then it's all worked. Take care now. Bye-bye then.